What's going on, guys? Thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast. This is LCR Nailer Tally Farrow. I just wanted to have an, another quick episode, another bite-sized piece episode, like I said on previous episodes. Just wanted to talk about or put an idea maybe in your heads. Um, if you had $30,000 to start your business, would you would, would you want that? Like... Looking back on how you, I'm assuming all of you that are listening have already started your business, or maybe you are thinking about starting a business. Do you think that would be the best start, the best answer, the best solution, the best way to start your business with just having $30,000 maybe given to you or saved up and you can just buy anything and everything that you want? You know, you can have the perfect setup and everything for your business and it would just be so much easier. Or would it? I don't know. This is my question to you guys. I say all this because I just, uh, uh, these pop again, you know, like I've said in, in previous episodes, these thoughts just kind of pop into my head from time to time. You know, if I don't jot them down, they're kind of lost for, for a while or forever sometimes. So I always try to jot these things down on my phone um, or just, you know, literally record on the fly. If I'm, if it's all still fresh on my brain while I'm, you know, doing, you know, creating content, but I, I recall this story, this this point, because uh, I, I just recall many, many, many years ago, I, and I don't remember what made me think of this, like what refreshed this in my memory recently, but I just recalled many years ago, I don't remember what the topic of conversation was, but somewhere, somehow or another, I mentioned to my wife or my wife had mentioned to me something about, you know, I, I bet you would, would have wanted to have like $30,000 to start your business, right? And I thought for like two seconds and then said to her, actually, no. And she was like, wow, really? And I'm like, yeah, I, I wouldn't have because I wouldn't have known how to spend it, to have spent it properly. And she was like, wow, that's very interesting. And I, you know, I just, I didn't really elaborate with her anymore on that. But with you guys and girls, with you folks, I did want to elaborate a little bit just to kind of get, you know, some of the creative juices flowing a little bit, I guess, and just kind of share my perspective. And, you know, it's, it's one of the things I like to do in between guests on this podcast is share my ideas, my goals, my trials and tribulations, you know, ups and downs and so on and so forth, um, as well as, you know, upcoming events and things that I'm projects that I'm working on and, and things I'm looking forward to and my business uh, my lawn care business as well as LCR media and so on. So I'll talk about the community and everything else. But I, I said that to her because I wholeheartedly didn't believe and still to this day, don't believe that I would have that, that, that I would know exactly what to get, you know, if someone gave me $30,000 setting up uh, to set up, to start my business. Cause I, I, I literally just, wouldn't know what the right thing, what the right equipment, what the right mowers, the right trailer, right? You know, do I need an open trailer, an enclosed trailer? Do I need a dual axle? What size do I need? What kind of truck do I need? What kind of mowers do I need? Walk behind, stand on, sit down, you know, all, all these things. Like how, what, what size deck? You know, I, I didn't have any of those answers. I literally was a rookie. That's why I named my lawn care, uh, my YouTube channel, not my lawn care, my YouTube, well, it's lawn care YouTube channel, but my lawn care company is not, uh, it's called Clean Cut Lawn Care Services, but my YouTube channel was Lawn Care Rookie. That's how I started out. And then I 
you know, changed my personal Instagram profile, which is mainly just to stalk my daughter at the time, my wife and I, you know, as she was young, you know, pre, uh, adolescent teenager, we wanted to make sure we were just kind of being good parents and stalking our kids. Right. I mean, just, <laughs> you know, good old, uh, ah, uh, you know, good times there. Anyway, I, I, I jest a little bit, but honestly, that was why I kind of got into social media to, to, to be perfectly honest, but YouTube was a separate thing. I stumbled upon this community researching for my business early on year one, and I just fell in love and, and was hooked basically wanted to be a part of this community. Everyone was helping me and I wanted to give back and help anyone else with all my rookie mistakes that I was learning along the way. I was also kind of coming up with some stuff. I felt like I was being very creative with a lot of different things, whether it be the homemade trimmer racks and blower racks that I made for my trailer, you know, or just different tips and tricks that I came across and different types of services to offer or ways to offer them or whatever, all of the above. But that's why I named my channel Lawn Care Rookie because I literally was just starting from scratch. I mean, I was a homeowner that was pretty obsessed with, with my lawn and, you know, every, everything grass, you know, fertilizer, weed control, all the different types of turf grass and soil types, soil amendments, you know, sp- proper irrigation. I mean, I I had one of those, I don't even know if they still exist, but I had this really cool uh, tractor sprinkler thing. I don't, I don't even know what else to call it, but, you know, instead of getting like, like, the, my original house before we moved to Virginia here had, uh, or our original house, or <laughs> Paul Jamison, uh, Green Street Podcast, little joke, inside joke, uh, my wife's house, right? No, but uh, we, we um, our previous house before m- moving to Virginia, there was no irrigation for whatever reason. I don't even know. I mean, it's I feel like it was a totally different world, and I didn't even know even that that was a thing. Like, I just, I knew you had to water your lawn, and everyone else had, like, manual sprinklers no one else no one in my area had irrigation up there in new york for some reason but um you know the soil was a lot better than down here that's for sure it was a lot a lot richer nicer higher quality soil up there but but at any rate i still you know knew that i had to water my lawn and everything so i remember finding you know looking at all those different sprinklers right there's the ones that are like you know go back and forth and you just kind of move them if you have a big enough lawn you got to move it here and there or get more than one if you're that kind of a person. But usually you just have a hose connected to one sprinkler, right? It's either spinning around and flinging water everywhere, or it's kind of like a wand waving back and forth, you know, a side to side type deal. And it just kind of waters that way. There's, there's all kinds of interesting, you know, sprinklers out there and, and, and without going into this way off this uh, deep end here with this, but just to tell you how much of a, you know, that kind of homeowner I was, I remember seeing like this tractor, like basically you attach the hose to it and the back of it and the, the force of the, and, and then, you, and then like, like you, you traced out like maybe like a border or whatever path you wanted your sprinkler to go throughout your entire yard with the hose. Right. And then you get to like the, the starting point, you know, you run it all the way out and you get to the you know, to the end. And that's where you start this little tractor. It's, I mean, like it's the size of like, um, like the size of a football, like an official NFL size football, you know, nice, nice size. And it, it was like a little tractor. It was like a little yellow John Deere looking tractor or something with these, you know, two big spiked plastic wheels on the sides to help give it traction in case it had to go up any hills or down any hills or anything. And the front wheel was, you know, 
concave or whatever maybe it's the opposite but where it would it was like inverted so that you could set it on the hose and it basically hugged the hose to use it as like a track and you turn the water on you know at your spigot and the force of the water coming through the hose would then propel that tractor slowly which is what you need right so that you can properly water your lawn it would slowly work its way along the hose it probably took like an hour or two for it to complete you know like an whatever size an average size lawn like mine was and it, it just went around and and it's got you know it had two big wands up on the top of it that spun like propellers and it just shot streams of water out all over the place you know and and it spun fast enough that it just made like these sheets of water that just constantly watered the general area that it was hovering over as it just worked its way through the lawn. I, I, I thought that was the coolest thing because that, then when it, you know, when it got to the end, there was like a little stopper on the bottom of it as well. I mean, this seems like the, seemed like the most simple mechanism yet, you know, very well thought out it had like this little stopper on the bottom. And at the end of, you know, the, like back to where the spigot was, where, where the, the path would end, there was like some little thing, some little bumper that you would put there so that, uh, like over the hose so that when the, the spring, the, uh, tractor sprinkler tractor went over it and it hit the little stopper underneath, it automatically shut the water supply. Like, like it, it basically like, um, closed like a little valve so that the water would stop going through the, you know, wand, the propeller wands up the top and it would just, you know, it would just stop and it wouldn't be able to move anymore, which is really cool. <clears throat> uh, I thought it was the coolest thing. Obviously I just spent like three minutes talking about it, but, uh, I, I was that homeowner, right? I, I somehow found that at Home Depot or Lowe's or something. I don't even know if I was looking for it or if I was just looking at sprinklers in general. And I saw that one like in a box and it was like, probably like a hundred bucks or something. And I thought that was the most ridiculous thing in the world. And then I found one. So just happened to glance up and saw one sitting all the way up on the top rafter with like a, a used or returned or something sticker on it. It looked perfectly fine. And it was like half off or something. I thought I was, I thought I like, you know, won the lottery or something. I was like, Oh my gosh, I got, I'm going to get my little tractor. So, you know, I was that guy as a homeowner and uh, <laughs> back on track here. So I, I didn't know anything about being a professional and offering these services professionally and how much to charge and what, what are all the service, what other services can I offer other than just cutting grass, treating grass and that kind of stuff and setting up little tractors on people's yards. No, that, that would have been funny, but so I was definitely a rookie. So that, 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 you know, I was a rookie for life and I'm still a rookie for life. And I stumbled upon the community, fell in love with the community, started making my content and, uh, you know, started making YouTube videos and just you know, I haven't looked back ever since, but where was I going with all that? Right. Well, I think I, I, back to the, the point of this episode was, is would I have, I wouldn't have known what to do if I had all this money or all that money starting out because I was a rookie. I had no idea what I was doing uh, from a professional standpoint. No, no idea what type of equipment I started with a residential mower uh, with all residential equipment. I started with a Ryobi Hand, hand blower and trimmer and a Husqvarna 22 inch, you know, auto paste mower, you know, it was a low special or whatever, you know, I had the old, the whole package there. So that, that's what I started my business with part-time with that. And then when I decided to go full-time the next year and quit retail, uh, man, my rent retail management career and go all in and, and research the heck out of everything over the winter, 
uh, after because I quit around this time of year, you know, in December around the holidays, uh, before, after, during, whatever. Somewhere around there, it was all blur, to be honest. Um, I know I made it through Black Friday and Thanksgiving. That was craziness. But somewhere in December, I believe, I put in my two weeks notice, probably right around Christmas time. And, uh, and, and you know, so, so I, I spent the whole rest of the time from then in, into the spring trying to figure everything out for my business to, to hit the ground running and all that stuff. But with just one year prior to that part-time with the equipment that I just told you. So then I invested in some more equipment, but only at the advice of uh, a friend and a mentor now at my local equipment dealer, Kanabi Outdoor Power, right here in Midlothian, Virginia. And, you know, they used to have mow all their mowers and everything outside. You know, they've since stopped doing that as often, especially with the weather and everything. But it was, you know, it was a lot to to take them all out and then put bring them all back in or whatever. But at that time, fortunately, eight years ago, or going on nine years ago, there uh, are actually, yeah, it's nine Decembers ago, um, going on my ninth season, <clears throat> they, you know, I drove would drive by there all the time, and I would see all these Toro mowers sitting out there. And one time I just stopped in there to check them out and, and, and talk to the folks there. And the gentleman that came out, his name is Bruce, and to help me out. And, you know, I had a lot of questions, and he had a lot of answers. And fortunately... You know, it, knowing now how busy they are all the time, every time I go in there, it was just like kind of fate that he even had the time to talk to me for as long as he did. You know, like normally they're all stuck behind the counter, answering phones, ringing people up, you know, trying to, you know, break away to help some folks if, if anyone does need help. But for the most part, you know, most people are just coming in and out, dropping things off, picking things up asking questions and moving on. There's not a whole lot of, you know, quote unquote shoppers there really like, you know, perusing around, looking at trying to figure out what's the right, the perfect trimmer or blower or mower. Um, that just doesn't happen that often, but you know, and when it does, it, it gets tricky for them. I mean, at least from my experience over the last, you know, seven, eight years, but that, that time I, I was lucky and he came out and he, and, and, uh, and he helped me out and answered a lot of questions and, and recommended some things for me, you know, different types of equipment and stuff. And he recommended that I, that I start off with a, a walk behind mower versus, you know, anything else and, and uh, versus, you know, a, a, a zero turn stand up or sit down. You know, it's obviously was more affordable, is more affordable, and it's not as big and heavy and not as much of a learning curve and all that. And he's like, you know, for someone just starting out, a walk behind is a really good starting mower. It's very versatile great hillside hillside stability not as heavy you can take it on any lawns big or small depending on the size deck which he recommended a 48 inch deck which i have been an advocate for this entirety because i totally agree that 48 inches is a perfect size i know 52 is the standard size that most guys have at least a 52 on their trailer or you know and a part of their setup but really um, you can't, for me anyway, in my area, I can't get through every single gate with a 52 inch, usually be, because people haven't measured properly or whatever. Sometimes I can't even get through with a 48. It's which, you know, it's like, it's like just barely, I, I can either just barely get through or just barely can't get through. And that's because, you know, measuring wasn't, wasn't a thing, I guess, for these folks that, that put the fence in or the ground just was trash and it just kind of like shifted or something i don't even know i'm not i'm not a fence person dan dan willer help me out 
Toro's brand new battery-powered Revolution Series products are changing the lawn care industry. With all-day runtime from the innovative Hypercell battery system, you can expect to power through your entire day, every day. Head to revolution.toro.com to see how Toro is transforming the game with the latest equipment innovations. Or click the link tree in the episode description to get you there fast. I honestly just think it's it's a uh, um, Dan Wheeler with the Fence Industry podcast. By the way, shout out to him. Great, great guy. Great podcast. Great fencing business. But uh, I, I don't know. I'm assuming it was just lack of proper measuring. But regardless, more times than not, a 48 inch deck will get through a single gate. You know, like a a wide single gate. Obviously, like the little baby gates. You know, the 36 inch or the 40 inch gates those are those are trash but usually most people will have two gates installed they either have a small gate a small single gate and a big single gate or you know some variety whatever size single gate and a double gate um so obviously the double gate you can get in there with a 72 inch mower if you really wanted to if the backyard was that big you know or you just wanted to get it done in two passes or something you know and you're just done but um a 48 is very versatile size-wise, and, and it's not too big, you know, on some of the smaller yards, and it's still big enough for the bigger yards. And for me, my biggest thing is that I can get through just about every single gate as long as it was measured properly. So that's just less messing around with mowers, right? Less, oh, let me get the smaller mower, you know? And, and it's really helped me out because for many years, that's all I had was the 48 and still my 22-inch Husqvarna residential mower. Those are the only two mowers I had. So if I couldn't get the 48 through a gate that was like, say, a 40-inch gate, or they just didn't measure it properly or whatever the deal actually is, why it was just slightly too small for a 48-inch deck to get through, I'm like, come on, you know? And and if the if it was a decent-sized backyard, it sucked because then I had to use the old 22-inch for that, and it was just not productive, not profitable at all. And I was like, man, you know? So those were some tough times, but those were few and far between and again, it was be- just because, you know, if I had a 36-inch mower, then I would have been able to get everywhere, of course. But then the bigger yards that I had and had taken have taken on over the years would have, you know, taken a little bit longer and wouldn't have been as productive and as profitable in that sense. So, again, the 48, you know, just to get back on topic, all these little nuggets and stuff that I end up inadvertently sharing potentially, you know, throughout these, these episodes. But the 48-inch was... It, was and still is, you know, my favorite, most versatile size deck. Um, but so, so that was one of many things that I learned like day one, basically the first time I went to Kanabi outdoor power to a real equipment dealer, you know, that sells commercial and residential, um, products, you know, it sells both the, the commercial Toro and the residential Toro, for example, and so on. So that was a great place for me to start, get some information. So I, I took the advice. I got a walk behind mower, and that was it, right? I had already bought a um, an Echo 770 backpack blower the previous, like at the end of the previous year that I was part-time, basically just whatever money I made part-time, I just kind of just sat on it and just saved it, you know, and I, and I, <clears throat> I used a bunch of it for that backpack blower. And so I had, that was my first actual commercial unit. And then at some point, I guess quick, quickly on, I, I, I think maybe I got the, the, the uh, walk behind and um, a steel FS90. That thing is still a champ, just like the uh, Echo 770. The two of them, my first two commercial pieces of equipment, and they still run stronger than ever. Never had to do anything to the engine or replace the engine other than just 
tuning it up, you know, like uh, adjusting the throttle and that kind of stuff or whatever the terms are. I'm not a mechanic, but, you know, just regular tune-ups and things like that over the years, you know, replacing straps on the backpack blower, stuff like that. Cables getting stretched out here and there. That's it, man. I mean, I actually converted my FS90 to a combi unit because Kanabi Outdoor Power, my equipment dealer, recommended that because somehow or another we we stumbled into this conversation. I was looking for one thing and they were like, hey, you know, you can just turn your FS90 into a combi unit. You just have to take the straight shaft off and swap it with a split shaft and then you can just get all the attachments you want. Uh, oh, I know what I was doing because I was taking the power head off like the power head of my trimmer off and putting the, a power head of something like a, a hedge trimmer on. And then I was looking for, you know, potentially more attachments. And I guess I had just, you know, feeling good about myself. Like, yeah, I'm a little mechanic here. Yeah, sure. I am. You know, I figured out you could just unscrew a couple of things and slide the power head off and, you know, not get anything in all dirty where all the grease points and stuff are and just slide another head on there and tighten the bolts back up. And there you go. And you've got an inter interchangeable, unit and you know that me feeling all special they're like hey you know there's something called the combi unit where so you don't have to actually use tools and and it's you know it's just a lot quicker and easier on the fly to just have all these attachments and you just unscrew something you know with with your hand take you know disconnect the pole take the other piece and connect the poles tighten it up and you're you're back in business and i was like oh man that sounds a lot easier you know and they're like, well, we can just, we can convert that for you. We just have to swap the shafts. You know, we just, you know, just order the parts. You just pay for the parts. It'll take me like literally five minutes, you know, and they were very, very nice. They still are, of course, you know, very nice and appreciative. They, they didn't even know I was on YouTube or anything back then. So it's not like I was getting any kind of favoritism. They were just, you know, I just established a rapport with them in a relationship, just like, you know, with Bruce, who came out initially to help me and be, became a, a mentor helping me, you know, answering a lot of my questions every time I'd go in. He'd, you know, ask me, hey, so did you send out your uh, aeration emails yet? Or, or or are you getting ready for aerations is what he would say. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Should I be? He's like, I would be. And then he would just, you know, kind of school me on that a little bit and give me some tips and tricks. You know, like, well, you know, you should start now because if you wait too long and then the leaves start falling and this and that. And, you know, he just break it all down for me. I was like, man, you know, I just I didn't think of those things because I'm a rookie. Right. And I'm just a homeowner to professional over here. And I'm just a rookie, rookie for life, just learning these things. So. You know, I just established a relationship with these guys and it is very, very helpful because if something, if I had a question about something or the few times that something went wrong with a piece of equipment, you know, you, uh, nothing it was ever, you know, like earth shattering. It was usually something that just needed to be tweaked or drop it off. And a lot of times they would just look at it right then and there if they weren't swamped with, with other things. And someone would just come, come out and take a look at the mower or I'd bring in the trimmer or the blower inside and they take a look at it and, and see if they could adjust it right then and there. Boom. It's, it honestly saved them time and me time, right? It was less paperwork that they had to do rather than, you know, put a tag on it, you know, fill the tag out, put it on there, fill everything out in the computer, have me sign the thing, you know, and then put it wherever they put it, where it just starts, you know, collecting with all the other ones. And then who knows when, you know, when, when they start working on that stuff, just for a five minute fix, or adjustment, you know, they've just been really nice. And it's not just me. I've seen them do do that with other folks as well, whether it be a homeowner or another contractor. So great, great folks out there, you know, Nathan at Kanabi, the, the owner, um, um, him and his brother with Kanabi Outdoor Power and Terry Small Engine over there on Hall Street. Those of you that are local or local enough that want to come stop by, they're small shops, 
big, um, big help. There you go. Small shop, big help. So anyway, so, you know, the, the, uh, they've always, they, they helped me along the way to learn those things. So, you know, all these little stories is how I didn't know anything. I'm sure a lot of folks were like similar to me or, or are like me that didn't know these things. And we're just kind of learning as they go. So if someone had to, had given me $30,000, I wouldn't have had any idea what to, what to buy. You know, like I, I would have just probably bought the wrong things, stuff that I would have been stuck with, maybe try to figure out how to sell or whatever. And, you know, I, I want to be as efficient as possible. So the last thing I want to do is spend, you know, a significant amount of money, $5,000 or, you know, $10,000 or several hundred dollars even on the wrong stuff, the wrong blowers, trimmers, whatever, you know, uh, mowers and all that trailers, so on and so forth, you know? So I really did my research in the beginning, um, figured things out. The social media community, the online community was extremely helpful, you know, answering questions or sharing comments on my, on my videos, uh, that would, that, that helped me as well as just other content creators posting their own content that was helpful as well. And I just learned a lot and would watch other folks locally, you know, in person, you know, see what kind of equipment they have and setups they have and how they perform certain services and when, and just learned a lot over the first couple of years. Really, I was like a sponge. I was super observant. I am super observant in general. So I would just observe, you know, my, my quote unquote competition, right? Just looking at everyone big and small and seeing what everyone's doing and, and, and how, and see if maybe I can incorporate any of that in my, what I'm doing, my business or not. Like, oh man, I can't believe they're doing that like that. That doesn't look like the right way or that doesn't, you know, seem to make sense or whatever. But if it works for them, it works for them. But it doesn't, you know, it didn't seem like it worked for me. So, you know, so there's all these different dynamics there. And that allowed me, you know, like now, you know, eight years going on nine years, uh, ninth season later, of course, if I was given $30,000 now, I would be able to make a lot better decisions with setup and equipment and all that. Like I would, you know, like at the point that I'm in my business, that $30,000 will look totally different because it'll be like a second crew and a type of setup and so on and so forth. Um, you know, find the people obviously first, but you know, another truck, all that kind of stuff, down payment for a truck. Cause I mean, 30,000 isn't going to get you very far with a truck unless you get a super used one. But, uh, even that's rough right nowadays. Um, but you know, that 30,000 would go quickly with a different type of, uh, setup and, and theme than if I were just starting out. And, and again, I wouldn't have any, I didn't have any clue. So I would have not spent that money well. Um, but knowing now, you know, uh, knowing what I know now, if, if it was back then, obviously I would have then been able to know exactly what to get with the 30,000 and, and knowing what I know now, to be honest, the only change that I might've made was to have gotten a hydro, a hydraulic, uh, walk behind, not a belt drive, but you know, that's, that's what Bruce recommended for obvious reasons. I'm sure. I, I think he may have said, you know, it's low maintenance compared to the, you know, you don't have hydraulic pumps and all these different things that could go wrong. Um, you know, the belt drive, it's pretty indestructible. It's going to last a lifetime, really. I mean, you know, the belts are going to eventually stretch out like any other belt, even on the hydraulic mowers, there's belts on there too. And, you know, those stretch out and so on. So you're going to have to replace those as just regular maintenance as the time comes. And I remember, I think I 
I don't think I ever replaced a drive belt, to be honest. <laughs> I just, you know, all this time, eight years later, I mean, I hardly have hardly used it after those first few years. Actually, in the uh, first two years, I had it. And then I got the Toro Grandstand in 2016, or maybe it was closer to 2017. They came, then they, the new ones came out in 2016, where they kind of redid the whole frame and came out with the Toro Multiforce and everything. So the Grandstand and the Multiforce, the whole frame changed. They look very similar. Just one is a multi-force where you can put attachments on and do all things like that. And the other one is just a grandstand, just the mower, and that's it. You can't change anything out. You can't take the deck off and put attachments on or anything like that. It's just a grand. But the frame is is the exact same. Um, you know, there, there's just subtle differences of being able to have the attachments and the hydraulics of all that uh, and so on. But so that all came out in 2016, I remember. And I remember demoing stuff at the Equip Expo. At the time, it was called the JE Plus Expo and demoed a bunch of stand-ons, including the grandstand. I was just sold on the grandstand. And so I didn't get the multi-force at the time. I just got the 48-inch grandstand. So, I, But I think that was closer to 2017 because I tried, I demoed one at you know the Expo in October of 2016 so it was probably early 2017 that I went ahead and, you know, like maybe that, that spring um, of 2017 that I got it. So it was only, you know, two, three years into my business and using my walk behind belt drive. It was indestructible. Like I said, I never even replaced that belt. You know, you do adjustments here and there to adjust the tension so that it, you know, it, it works. It keeps working at, at an optimal level as it does stretch out over time and if it's wet or this or that. Um, but it, it, it was great. It got the job done. You know, it, the Toro Turbo Force deck cut like a champ, all that. So, I mean, I don't, I don't regret any of that stuff or I don't regret anything, period. But I wouldn't change any of those things looking back, knowing what I know now, other than that same exact mower in a hydraulic version versus belt drive. But, you know, again, I know why Bruce said uh, belt drive and, and, and he was totally right. But, it, it, you know, it was definitely a little less efficient as hydraulic was once i got that grandstand by between standing on on the mower instead of you know walking behind it or even standing on a on a, a, a sulky you know wheeled sulky platform and being pulled around behind it still not the same because you always got to get off when you want to you know back up and turn around and stuff uh, and then get back on where when you're on the stand on mower you are just a part of the mower you don't ever have to move you're just on the mower the whole time standing there on the platform that's attached so that right there saved time. And then obviously the hydraulic steering controls, you know, made it a lot more intuitive for me, a lot easier to turn, three-point turns, getting in a tight area super fast. No, no energy expended at all versus, you know, the walk behinds. Those of you that know, you know, typically you just manhandle that thing. You're not even uh, you know, because it's got gears. Belt drives have gears, you know, like first, second, third, fourth, fifth gear, you know, which is the speed controls. And then you have reverse, which is just reverse assist. And you have neutral and all this nonsense. So those of you know, you know, whatever gear you're in, like if you, if you're just in fifth gear, just so you can go for it every time you, you know, want to go, you know, full throttle or whatever, and you squeeze the controls, whatever mechanisms you have, pistol grip or T-bar or whatever, um, you know, and you want to go Full, full speed, then you just keep it on five. If you want to go slow, you just ease up on it. What, whatever it is, you know that when you stop moving, when you stop moving the, you know, the, the controls forward, it's just, it's, it's just automatically in neutral and you can just manhandle it around. You know, you can manhandle your three point turns, right? You can kind of turn into it and then you just, 
you know, pull back on it and it just automatically rolls back. But, you know, the thing's 600 plus pounds. So it's not like I'm saying it roll back like you're, you know, you got a 21 inch mower and it's super easy. No, you're yanking on that thing. You do that yard after yard after yard over the course of the day, you start getting a little tired, you know, manhandling that thing around because you don't want to have to keep switching gears to reverse and all that nonsense. You just want to go yank it back, you know, pull it backwards and then, you know, go back, you know, into your, your next pass and do the same thing on the other side. You just do that back and forth, back and forth. So you can not tear up the turf while you're uh, striping back and forth. Hey friends, Mr. Producer here. And I've been listening to Naylor emphasize route density on his podcast for over a year now. And I've encouraged him to take all this material and create a masterclass to put all of his knowledge in one place and share it with you. This is going to be a live three-week course. Nothing's pre-recorded. You'll have access to group live streams and one-on-ones with Naylor. Every session ends with action steps that you can implement right away in your business. Plus, you'll get a copy of the session recordings emailed to you. Hey, if you want to learn how to make $1,000 all the way up to $3,000 a day in lawn maintenance through route density, then you need to click the link in the episode description. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. So that's, you know, that that's that's why hydraulic is a lot more efficient and, you know, less energy expending and so on. But it was indestructible. It was a good mower. And like he said, once you do eventually um, get a hydraulic mower whether it be a stand on or a sit down, then, you know, this walk behind belt drive mower will be a great backup mower, you know, and, and, and that's exactly what it became. So, you know, Bruce was in the business for over 20 years and then he retired and started working at Kanabi Outdoor Power as a salesperson and, or whatever his title technically was, but he was just always there helping out, doing stuff behind the counter, um, answering a lot of questions, obviously trying to help people make the right purchase and so on and so forth. Cause he had a lot of knowledge from the industry from doing it for 20 years, uh, you know, real life, real world experience, not just reading, reading, you know, manuals and getting training from Toro and whoever echo and they come in with new products and whatnot. And they train all the equipment dealers that they have like above and beyond that. He just had real world, real world life experience. Right. So I definitely appreciate those moments and thankful to Bruce and everyone at Kanabi over the years, uh, that have come and gone and that are still there and so on. So, but I, I just, I didn't know what I didn't know is, is the ultimate point of this video, uh, video, man, I'm all over the place. I'm making all kinds of content, right? Um, not really. If you look at my YouTube channel, <laughs> oh man, I'm, 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 I'm getting better soon. I, we've got some commitments coming up, but at any rate, my whole point to this episode was that if I had $30,000 starting out, I wouldn't have had any idea how to spend it properly. And I gather you wouldn't either, unless you had experience from somewhere else, or you had a mentor like Bruce tell you what you should. But I didn't need to spend $30,000 to get a walk behind mower and a, a steel FS90 trimmer. I already have my backpack blower from the previous year, and I got a um, 5 by 10 open trailer, which had nothing to do with Bruce and Kanabi Outdoor Power. I got that from Tractor Supply. And I traded in my Jeep Compass for a Ford F-150 that was super old. And they and they actually gave me a check for like 600 bucks or something, I think, because it was the difference. The Jeep was more was worth more than that F-150. But in my eyes, the F-150 was worth more because I can do more with it than the Jeep. Like I can pull a trailer. I can put stuff in the truck bed. 
I did all kinds of stuff with the F-150 and the fact that it lasted me five years before it started falling apart. Like it had a few little issues here and there pop up after the first couple of years. You know, they were not not the cheapest fixes in the world, but it, they weren't catastrophic things either. But it wasn't until like, you know, five years in that the engine started leaking. That's that's when you're like, okay, you know, like the transmission starts to go or the engine starts leaking. When you have a, a you know, 20-year-old plus, a 20 plus, 20-year-plus 20 old truck, it's kind of time to say goodbye. I mean, it's just not even, the truck itself isn't even worth the amount of a used engine or replacing a transmission or something like that. You know, nothing wrong with my transmission. I was just throwing that out there as like another kind of catastrophic thing for a used vehicle. Like if you have a brand new vehicle and you can get a good deal on a transmission, then sure, of course, you're going to want to, or not brand new, but you know, a relatively new, you know, five, five to 10 year old vehicle that's in really good shape, then yeah, you know, replace transmission if it all makes sense. But you know, a 20 plus year old, you know, the thing was almost an antique. Um, but it, it looked good and it ran good and it pulled good and it did everything I needed to do. And it, and it made, made me good money. Good. You know, like helped me grow my business. Well, good, whatever. So, uh, but those were all the steps that I did early on and it didn't take 30,000 bucks. You know what I mean? Like the, the walk behind was like maybe, I don't know, 5,000, maybe five or 6,000. And then the, the trailer was probably like 1500 or something like that. If that, I don't even know. And and, and that was it. You know, I, I borrowed that money from a family member and paid her back every month. And, um, I was, it was all paid up by the following season. So one, you know, one year later it was all paid off. So I was good. I mean, I, I kind of think that's the best way to go about it, guys. I mean, guys and girls, I, I don't, I don't know if, you know, taking out a loan for 30,000 or, you know, unless someone just gifts you 30,000, which I'm not really sure how often that happens, but if someone gives you $30,000, I wouldn't even spend 30,000 of that, that whole $30,000. I would put some of that away in savings, you know, um, for like an emergency fund, you know, if possible, find something that can actually make money, you know, some sort of, um, stock or something or whatever kind of account that, you know, savings account is like the, you know, point something zero percent of, you know, earnings or whatever. So it's, you have to have a lot of money to actually save anything. Um, but there's some higher return, um, higher risk, higher return, you know, situations that you can put money into kind of quote unquote invest, you know, until you need it, you know, maybe make some money with your money uh, until you potentially need it for something. But, you know, you would just be able to take what, you know, uh, five, six, seven, you know, six, sixty five hundred to seven thousand dollars from that thirty thousand to get an open, tra a small open trailer you know, and a decent size, you know, mower and, and, and hit the ground running. You know, you don't need a whole lot to start off. You know, you, you of course you want to have good, reliable equipment. You want to look professional, perform a quality professional service and your business will grow, you know, charge a fair, but profitable rate, you know, know your numbers, know what, what it's going to take to, to be profitable and, and pay all your expenses and grow your business you know, whether you're living at home with mom and dad or something and, and you don't, you know, you're not married with kids and your, your personal expenses are super low or not, you should still be preparing for when your personal expenses are super high. When you have two kids that are going to, that are, you know, going to college and, and you have a mortgage and a dog and a wife and personal goals and dreams and you want to go on vacations and you want this and you want that and, you know, whatever, like your family wants this and that 
groceries, all utilities, all that stuff personally, and then then your business, right? Then there's the you know the gas and the oil and the maintenance and the um, the inspections and the registrations and the insurances and if you have employees and just it goes on and on. Those expenses add up. So my point is, think about that to a certain extent when you're first starting out. Don't think because you don't have any of that or barely any of that that you can charge a low rate and you know, all this money is, you know, you're just making a ton of money. It's all good. Like, no, think forward so that you can, you know, prepare yourself for these things. So it's not a shell shock for you and your clients, you know, that you've been uh, taking care of all this time. So, um, so yeah, so I, I don't think anyone should dump $30,000 into their business for starting out. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's certain types of businesses, businesses, you know, um, more hardscaping or landscaping businesses where you might need some more equipment that's a little more expensive, but you can also rent a lot of that stuff. You know, it's a lot easier to rent a dingo, a skid steer, you know, a mini excavator, a tractor, things like that. It's a lot easier to rent those things than it is even to rent a mower or a trimmer or a blower. So those are the things that you really need to just buy, but those things aren't terribly expensive either, especially if you, you know, work your way up to it. Like I said, I started out with a walk behind and then I got a grandstand and then I got another grandstand and so on. Like, you know, as your business grows and evolves and you get more knowledgeable and kind of dialed in where you want your business to, to, to go and how you want it to be and what services you want to offer and how you want to offer them. And as new things come out, right, like the ramp rack, you know, um, uh, you know, shameless plug there, <laughs> ch check out um the ramp rack.com and you can enter code LCR for, for 10% off. If you're um, curious about, you know, if you do end up wanting to buy anything on their site, but you know, the ramp rack came out and I was like, Oh man, this is legit. You know, this, this, this is like opening a lot of, a lot more doors for me and my business and things like that. So as stuff like that happens and it's time to pivot, you know, and, and, and do different things um, for your business and help it grow and evolve the, the right way. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's that's that was the the ultimate moral to the story there. I, I thought it was an interesting concept, an interesting thought to share. You know, forty minutes later, right? Um, but I, I just, you know, I, I don't think you should just jump into stuff like that with, uh, you know, when you don't even know. You just you just don't know what you don't know. So wait until you get a little bit of experience before you start making some of these um, big decisions, especially financially. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, that's, so that's, 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 that's this episode. That's what I got for that. I know we plenty of rabbit holes there that made this episode a little bit longer than, than it, than it could have been. Um, but it is what it is. That's, that's how I roll here on the LCR media podcast. So, but thank you guys for listening once again. And as always, and thank you for the Toro company sponsoring the LCR media podcast. And until the next episode, this is the lawn care rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.